Scotland's going for the Triple Crown in Cardiff against England. It may be strange times, but that still feels pretty good on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. George North becomes the youngest player ever to win 100 caps for his country. We'll hear from him shortly. Justin Tipperick on the hardest type of tackles and forwards coach Sean Humphreys on the improvements up front against Scotland. We'll start with Wales coach Wayne Pivak explaining the side he and his coaching team picked over quite a lengthy selection meeting against England, starting with George North at 30. Yeah, we think George has been um, playing well for us when available uh, at 13 and he brings a lot of excitement to the position. I think he's got that outside break. He's big and strong. You know, he can do the donkey work if he needs to in the middle of the park. And Jonathan brings a wealth of experience and uh, we looked at him as a 12, not as a 13. And the last time he played for us was at 12 against Italy and I thought he did a good job in attack and defence on, on that particular day with just homework on the computer as his preparation and the match day warm-up is... Um, Johnny was down to play and start in that game and we weren't going to use Fox at all. So we're thinking now with a good week's preparation under his belt in combination with George, how players have looked in training is important as well. And certainly Foxy's looking very, very good from our point of view. And when he pulls that Welsh jersey on, um, he never lets the team down. It's a big game and he's got plenty of experience. George North reaching 100 uh, caps, the youngest to do so for his country. How has he managed that feat? Well, obviously, a lot of that's done under Warren and, you know, well-documented what he's done in the past. Certainly with this group, he's um, he's got a new lease of life, I think. You know, the challenge of moving into centre has also excited him. And uh, he's had a couple of weeks in that autumn where we sent away to club footy. And he's responded really, really well to all the challenges we've put in front of him and speaks volumes of the player. You know, he's still highly motivated and wants to play for Wales well past 100 games. And I'm sure he's going to do that with the attitude that he's showing at the moment and I'm sure the form that he'll bring to the 13 jersey. Kieran Hardy getting the vote over Gareth Davis at uh, Scrim Half. What's the thinking now? Two thoughts. One is form. He did everything that we wanted him to do when he went on under pressure against Scotland. So he ticked the box in terms of a young man under pressure. I think also Gareth is, it's well known what he can do off the bench, you know, when defences start to tire. So on this occasion, we've turned around the other way and... You know, it's going to be a big occasion for Kieran, obviously, and he's excited by the opportunity and we'll learn a lot from that, as he will. What about uh, the English selection and their uh, form so far? What have you made of them? As this competition goes on, they're going to grow like all sides and, you know, having dropped the first game makes them even more dangerous because of the, the pressure that comes on in this particular match. They won the Autumn Nations Cup. They've got proven history in, in recent Six Nations. So from our point of view, they're the team to beat and they pose a very big challenge. Wayne, after two wins, is there something of a, a free hit as far as Wales are concerned or have expectations grown of your performances and results? We're spending a lot more time together now in camp and you know, a couple of wins gives you confidence and we're wanting to build on each performance and we realise internally that we're not the, the finished article and there's plenty of work to be done but this game for us will be a very, very good test to see that rate of improvement and certainly we'll be looking to put over a good performance. So I think, you know, we're going to need to perform well over 80 minutes to, to have a chance to get the result. Obviously, if we have our first 20, 25 minutes like we did in Scotland, you know, we could be out of the game. So we're well aware of the, the threat that England pose. But they are a very good side, going to improve over each performance like all sides. They've got the pedigree in this competition and obviously the history behind them in recent times. So we know we're going to have to play well over 80. Do you think you can learn any lessons from the Scotland performance against them? 
that was continual pressure, wasn't it? Over 80 minutes and pretty tough conditions for both sides. So Scotland played very, very well. They defended very, very well. And obviously we're going to have to defend well throughout the 80 minutes. And there's going to be times when we're going to be under pressure. And we can certainly learn a lot from what Scotland did in terms of their application to their defence. How are you feeling? Because it's been a hard year, can we say that, for you. And you're coming up, you've got a triple crown opportunity on Saturday. You must be, how, you, how are you feeling about that? Nothing changes really in terms of how we've prepared over the last 18 months. A lot of hard work goes in um, and we sort of harp on about what's gone on in the past. Really, we've moved well and truly on. It's about the here and now and where we're at with this particular squad at this point in time. And so, look, there's a triple crown on this game for us and that's exciting. But um, for us, it's another big step forward. And, you know, if we can get that 80-minute performance that we all want, then uh, there's a bigger prize than a triple crown. Particularly in the back line, it looked like there were a few tricky calls there. Just give us an idea of how long you sort of agonised over that because there were some big decisions to be made. Yeah, there was. And it's a position that we talked about. It's a position we're happy to be in. Clearly, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were in a position where we were scratching our heads as to how to go about the makeup of the midfield. But to have the boys, the medical team, do such a good job and get guys back available for selection, yeah, it made it a, a bit of a headache and it was a good headache to have. But uh, certainly we think we've got, for this particular match, the three guys that we think will get the performance that we need in that part of the game, that area of the field. Jonathan Davis at, at times didn't really look himself over the Christmas period and, and in January, thinking about the two games against the Blues. Perhaps not played as much as he would have liked as well in recent months. What gives you the confidence that he's going to be ready for Saturday? Because we picked him at 12 not 13. And we think at the moment, Jonathan will do a very, very good job in 12. He's got a left foot. It gives us a kicking option. Otherwise, we probably would have gone into the game without a kicking option in the midfield or a genuine kicking option. It just gives us more strings to our bow. Look, we all know that when Jonathan pulls on the Welsh jersey, he doesn't let his country down. And uh, we're expecting another one of those performances from him. You know, he knows that he's been given a, a good opportunity here. He's fought really hard, as we know, over the last, or probably since the World Cup, to come back from some unfortunate injuries. But he stayed um, the true professional and worked very, very hard to maintain the, the condition that he gets himself into, which is it's exceptional. And what the public don't see and what you guys unfortunately don't see is, is the work that goes on behind the scenes in the gym and, and the running outside of the, the training sessions and then the training sessions when he's brought back in. And he's been excellent. And again, this morning, he looks sharp. And again, this afternoon, I expect him to be uh, very sharp. He's very keen. And sometimes when you move guys in one, like George has moved in, it's a new lease of life and it can extend a player's career. And I don't think Jonathan's any different. As you get a little bit older, sometimes uh, there's a half yard of pace might go. And we're not suggesting that he's lost a half yard of pace. But certainly, um, if you look at, there have been plenty of other players that have gone down that route and moved in. He's got the experience. Don't forget he started his test career at 12 against Argentina. Probably Australia, I think it was the first couple, with Jamie Roberts at 13. So it's not foreign to him. And as I say, his last test match for us was at 12, and he did a very good job in partnership with George. So it's a position that, that I'm personally very comfortable with. George North, 100 caps, age 28. Do you think he can go on and even surpass Alan Wynn? He's certainly the one that's going to challenge that number if he stays fit and, and his form continues to hold. And I think... You know, with the challenge of going into 13, the way he's taken that challenge on in our environment has just been sublime. And I, I think uh, the big fella's very, very keen to keep pulling the jersey on. And he's still got that appetite that he had as a youngster. And I think he's probably turning the clock back a bit with this new challenge, as is Jonathan Davies. 
So let's hear from the Centurion. He made his debut with two tries against South Africa in 2010 and his 100th international cap this weekend makes him the youngest player to reach that mark. So has he had a chance to look back this week? I haven't had a chance to be honest. It's it's been such a, a busy week with the preparation, also coming off the back of the Ireland game. Obviously, I missed the Scotland and with a couple of niggles and managed to get myself back in the fold. So for me, it's just been fast forward this week just to, to get in the mixer and to be back training. But it's having little glimpses like this today doing press and bits during the week is it's given the opportunity to look back and um, yeah, with fond memories, I never thought I'd get here. So um, yeah, really chuffed. You said you haven't had a chance to look back, but can I take you back to that first cap back in 2010 and the game against South Africa? How much of that game can you remember and how do you compare yourself as a player between now and then? I remember the game was probably one of my fondest memories ever in a jersey. The lead up to that was basically a whirlwind ride from Scars Academy up to you can have a go with the seniors to play in a few games for Flandre RFC to getting a phone call saying come to camp and then get my first cap and fortunate enough to play with some of my heroes that I grew up watching in that game and they're still in the camp now and for me it was still one of my fondest memories as I've said and uh, so to now I, th- I think I've certainly got a better haircut for sure I, I, <laughs> I hope I have anyway put it this way I never thought I'd even get one cap for Wales let alone 100 so um, you know it's been a, a long road a load of ups and downs but you know, it's been worth every single um, second of work and graft to, to get this opportunity and uh, this honour. A couple of tries in that game to be the youngest person to do that. Of course, you're the youngest person to 100 caps now. Quite a few other records along the way. Do you look at those records or is that something that in the book comes out? I didn't know that until um, uh, yesterday. Again, it's, it's very hard. I'm sure uh, the more people you speak to, players and ex-players, when you're in the pressure pot in the mixer, you don't really have much time. You're always on to the next job or the next fixture. You know, you, they come thick and fast. So, yeah, I, again, I'm sure there'll be a time where I'm sat there with um, with a coffee telling Jack, uh, I did used to play rugby one day and I was half decent, but he'll probably laugh it off. But now for me, I, I guess, you know, the hard work is is worth it. To be able to say I played for Wales once was incredible, but uh, to say I was in a, a very rare club of, you know, 100 caps is, is very special to me. Well, a rare club and at 28. So do you look at Gethin's cap number, Alan Wynn's cap numbers as they continue to grow, Shane's try record? What do you see looking forward? I think let's get Saturday out of the way first, is it? <laughs> I think I'll um, I'll set my next goal. This, this has been a goal of mine since, well, probably nine, ten years. So I think I'll have five minutes to think about it and focus on the next one. Yeah, it's something that, uh, as I said, it was a goal I set many years ago and it's actually nice to be able to, you know, to get that. And um, I'll sit down and reflect after this and I'll work on the next one. But the problem with Alan Wynn is he keeps playing when I play. So I'm chasing a bit of a dead end there, isn't it, really? But hopefully he's got many years left in him. But so, but yeah, no, um, I'll review the, uh, the goals after I'm sure this. Talking about act two of your career as an outside centre, but it's also where... You started, isn't it? Are you almost going back to your age grade experiences as you're taking on this position more at the moment? Again, it's a, it's a position I, I know well and I've played enough of. It's just obviously at this level, obviously things happen a lot quicker. The intensity is huge, you know, so it, it takes a bit of graft to get in here and very much learning each day to get better. But certainly a position that it's not un- unknown to me or it's just something that I'm revisiting, I guess. You know, it's certainly great to have another challenge. 
obviously it's been a, a long hard road of, of hard work to get here but certainly the new challenge of of playing center at this level is, is sort of pushing and demanding on me which has been great the standard of the I guess the backs at the moment you know from the centers to the back three where obviously I'm in the mixer is it's been brilliant and you know the the pressure and the, um, the pushing of each other each day has, has been huge for the squad you know so to be honest if I can get the opportunity and the honor to play with a Welsh jersey whether it be 13 11 14 is huge so um, I, I think I'll draw the line at six and then when I get to six, I'll, I'll call it a day, I think. You were among those who, who paid tribute to uh, Hugh Gethin-Jones, a member of Llangevny RFC, where you started your career. I was wondering if you could just tell us how it's been f- f- as someone who, who knew Hugh and uh, a very sad uh, bit of news for your home club. Yeah, it's heartbreaking, really. You know, super sad to hear um, of Hugh's passing, obviously. Um, it's obviously been tough on the community and tough on the club and it's, it's been great to see that the club had been running around uh, and the community around around Hugh's family and um, it, again it's in the current climate it's super sad and obviously to, to be so young uh, and passing is, is so sad as, as I said but um, you know, I know there's um, a GoFundMe page so you know hoping to get a few bits signed here um, by the squad to ha- I hope help out there with his family but um, yeah it, I can build a scar to his family and his friends, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's so sad, really. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Yes, that's a, a really sad case. Langevin stalwart Hugh Gethin Jones passing away because of complications caused by COVID, leaving a wife and a young family. Everyone at the Welsh Rugby Union would echo those feelings and best wishes. We're back to the game against England, and while George might argue the general rule is the matches are decided up front, and Wales got a lot more things right up front in Scotland, particularly a big improvement in the line-out. Forwards coach John Humphreys explained those improvements. It was difficult coming back after COVID in the autumn. We used the autumn camp as to chop and change, to have a look at people. This tournament was always going to be about the here, the now and the winning. So consistency in terms of what we're picking, selection, helps coordination of those areas. So we're appreciative that there were two from two and we're, we're happy with that. But for us, there are a hell of a lot of work that we need to do if we're going to continue that winning form. And just with England in mind, what kind of a challenge do you expect from them? Because it- Difficult to judge them, maybe, after those opening two games? They're a world-class team. A short couple of months ago, they were winning the Six Nations and the Autumn Cup. You know, we're expecting a huge physical challenge. You know, we're expecting the very best version of England. From your particular area of expertise, we touched on the, the line-out. What is it, do you think, that might have changed over the course of those weeks? How can you kind of ensure that it's that same level of consistency you had at Murrayfield in Cardiff against England? It's a huge work on in, in terms of the line-out. So many moving parts, but... Like I say, consistency in, in selection is, is helping that. Throughout the autumn, throughout year, you know, we're, we're constantly working hard to be better, to be more accurate, to be more um, communicative as a group. So that's coming very, very slowly, but by no means do we think that we're the finished article in that department or the others. You know what international rugby like is, John, as a captain, as a player and a coach, when things don't go right, pressure comes on, questions get asked. So how kind of satisfying was it personally for you to see the set-piece improvement, given inevitably when it doesn't go right, people look at the forwards coach, don't they? It's trying not to get too emotive about the whole thing. As long as you're clear in where you want to go, 
and how you want to go about that is key. So you're not sort of doing emotions. We're happy where we are in terms of the Scotland game. We got you know some good uh, change from our, from our drives, but we expect England to be very very tough in that area. The way they defend drives, you know they. They swim around the outside and they got a lot of people trying to get through the, the middle of your drive very, very early. So uh, we understand that if we're going to be keeping the consistency of what we did against Scotland, we've got to be a lot better this week. And that's what we're working on. Speaking to an old pal of yours this week, David Flatman, he emphasised that England are hugely reliant on their ball carrying, their, the sheer brutish power. What kind of challenge does that then present for you as a forward back in matching that physicality? Huge. It's the game. I think we talk a lot about it. The collisions in, in these games are huge. They determine the outcome. For us, we understand the power that they have in those ball carriers and we understand what we need to do if we're going to have a chance of winning this game. England always meant a lot to you as a player. Is it the same as a coach or do you find yourself a bit more removed from it? Yeah, I think you know, as a coach, as I said earlier, you've got to remove yourself from the emotions of it all. You know, you've got a job to do in and prepare the players as, as best they can for what is a, you know, an extremely intense occasion. So they'll bring that. Really important for us that we make sure we play it Saturday. It's our jobs as coaches to make sure that we're in a position to be as best we can in that game. You've seen the importance of red cards in the last two games. You've made the most of that. England versus Wales is always a very sort of heated encounter. Have you had to remind the players about the importance of discipline? Oh, we've had that talk at the start of the tournament. We were aware that you know, any contact with the head, you're running a, a high risk of red cards. So it's something that we've been aware of all the way through this tournament. Yeah, and you, you need to keep reminding of the, the ramifications if um, we do have head-on-head collisions and, and shoulder-on-head collisions. So you know, we work very hard on, on that in training and make sure technically we can be as good as we can. Win Jones has had a couple of great games, coming a bit of a cult hero, it seems, as well. What have you made of him and his chances potentially of, if we get one, him pushing for a line spot? Yeah, he's been excellent. He's worked extremely hard at his game. And I think the first two performances for him have been very, very positive. This weekend is a massive game. You know, he's coming up against Kyle Sinclair, you know, a very good front row. If he goes well and we go well as a team, then, then a lot of people are going to have a chance for the Lions. Another such player is flanker Justin Tipperick. With all his experience, how does he describe the mood of the camp after two wins from two? Everyone's pretty level-headed, to be honest. We know we haven't probably been playing at the top of our game and we know we've got a lot to improve on, but we're still winning games, which shows we're doing something right, where we know we're not the perfect team. You know as well as anyone, winning games just changes the mood and everything compared to the autumn. Does it feel any different, what you're doing on the training field and how everyone's chatting to each other around the place? Yeah, of course it does. No one likes losing. You don't start playing rugby as a kid to lose games. And you know, it's the same as you go on through your career. You, you're always there to win games. And, and when you are winning, you, you enjoy it more individually and, and as a team. And yeah, we are enjoying it, but we know we, we've got a lot of work to do to, to get better as well. The one thing that seems rekindled, I guess, if it was ever lost, is your relationship with Toby. On fire, it seems, with you guys playing together and linking up nicely. Just talk to us about how much you appreciate what the work that he's done to get back to where he is at the moment, having had those injury problems and stuff like that, if you can. Yeah, no, he's, he's world-class, really. Um, just have a bit of fun, I guess, when, when we're out there, just whoever's in the, in the back row is kind of a position which uh, you kind of enjoy and gel together. 
he's had a tough time with injuries, but it shows the type of character that he is to keep on fighting. And those injuries had as well have been nasty ones and never seems to knock him down. Some people would probably um, go into shell and be disappointed or go a bit mad with themselves where he's just the quiet guy that kind of just gets on with it and keeps working hard. Do you think he's adding things? He's getting better than he has been before? Oh, yeah. He's always the same, trying to work on his extras and stuff after every training station. And yeah, I think he's the type of player he knows rugby inside out. And if you kind of stand still, you get left behind. And that's him. He's, he's always working on things and improving everything all the time. Even how good he is, he knows that he's trying to make himself better in some sort of way. You're lucky enough to obviously play with him quite a few times and yeah, you kind of learn what he's thinking, I guess, a bit and what he's doing. But for me, when you've got someone like that by the side of him, it's literally just give him the ball in space or leave him work his magic and he just makes everyone else look good then, to be fair to him. You've scored six tries from, I think, just two and a half minutes in the opposition 22. You're offloading more times than any side apart from France. Do you sense out there that the attacking game, which I guess the new coaches have worked a year on, that it's starting to gel and that when you do get the ball, you're quite a threatening side? Yeah, I guess so. Obviously, the stats are saying that. We know a lot of our hard work goes in off the ball, I guess, and that kind of puts us in that position that makes it easier to attack when we have those opportunities. Like you say, Steve has done a lot of work to obviously put this structure in place and the way he wants the boys to play and express themselves and boys are enjoying themselves when they do win it and that makes it a lot easier as well. Just on Lewis, he's, he's obviously having a, a great tournament so far. Just what's your assessment of him as a, as a young player coming through? He's, uh, he's a good guy as well, I guess. Um, I think uh, he's had obviously a lot of, I guess, uh, limelight and, and all that at a young age, but he's, he's pretty grounded and he's quite funny with it all as well. And yeah, he's fitted straight into the squad and he's shown his potential, which we see every day in training. The guy is lightning quick, so um, yeah, it's not nice trying to chase him down in training every day and stuff. So it's nice when it's happening to the oppositions on the weekend. Do you feel like you're going into this game sort of the most confident you've been since Wayne's taken over from Warren? I wouldn't say like confidence. We know it's going to be um, a tough game and you know, England are a world-class team and they do the basics really well and they know to win games of rugby so we know it's going to be a, a tough game and we know obviously we've put ourselves in a, a good position for the tournament but we take one game at a time and we know if we perform with the basics well that we have a chance of coming away with a, with an MW. Can I ask you, I, th- I think in yourself, Toby and Alan Wynn, you've got the three most productive tacklers in the Six Nations so far. Is that a source of particular pride and would you expect to rack up more big numbers this weekend against such a physical team? Not really. I don't think it's uh, anything like you personally go in there and just think we've got to make loads of tackles. It's um, more just doing your part for the team, really, uh, just where you are in the in the system of the defence or sometimes it comes down to the attack and attack and our defence really where you are on that line but yeah obviously you just want to make your tackles to the team and make sure that we try and get that ball back as well then ideally we'd want to be defending phase after phase that's for sure we'd rather be attacking them and with the way our attacks go in that we could put quite a few points on the board Who are the more difficult men to t- uh, tackle the big hulks or the slippery little guys? Yeah, they're both just as hard, to be fair. Um, you know, you've got people like Billy, and then you've got people like Louie, which you can't really get a fingertip on. So um, 
you're either getting sat down or you're getting run around. So, um, yeah, they're both hard to defend. And I guess it depends what type of situation you're in, really, whether you've got a lot of space or whether you've got hardly any space. So, um, yeah, both pretty similar, to be fair. Hopefully, he won't need to make so many tackles this weekend, but you know he'll be where he's needed. So that's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Plenty to reflect on next week, of course. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.